Welcome to the Wing Life Podcast, where we talk about wing foiling and the lifestyles of those who enjoy this great sport. Alicia, okay. thank you for joining us. Mm-hmm. It's been a while since we, we had chatted, but um, how are you tonight? I'm great. Yeah, I can't complain. Living the island life. I love it. Let's introduce our listeners to your kite school. Yeah, China Creek. Um, So I guess I'll go back into where it's located. It's located just south of Port Alberni, which is basically in the center of Vancouver Island. Uh, It's part of the Alberni Inlet, which basically um, it's the you know, it's, it's just a really long floored fjord inlet <laughs> where we get the thermals that come in all summer long. Um, typically the thermals, they come in about 11, 12 ish, and they go in till all afternoon till the evening and very consistent. Definitely Beautiful. come July and August. It's like every day we're going, it's just, it's heaven. And it's just, as far as the scenery goes, it's very idyllic as I'm sure Luke can contest because he's been there before, but I yeah, it's, it's yeah. a great spot. Yep. And how much wind do you expect to have with those thermals? Um, how much wind do we expect? I mean, definitely as far as looking at my books, July and August, like typically we get anywhere from 20, 25 knots. Um, I mean, oh, wow. almost almost every day, really, during those months. Uh, June and then May, it's been hit or miss. Uh, depends on the season. This season, it was definitely a miss. We got a lot of rain. Uh, and then in September, that too can be hit or miss. But yeah, definitely July and August are, if you're going to make the trip to come to China Creek, those are the months to go for sure. July. Yeah. The foiling there is, is unbelievable. Like you can, you can climb up all the way up and then just the vistas of views that you see, and then just play on these little rollers all the way back down. Like I found it's been a pretty special spot. Um, how long have you and, and Paul been running the school there? Um, we're going on six years now running the school. So it's flown by. I can't believe that, yeah, <laughs> that it's been six years. But yeah, no, we just kind of, um, I mean, as far as the story of how the school started, we just kind of landed there, really. Um, like when I first started kiteboarding and I got the kite wind bug, I spent my summers up at Nidnat Lake. And then uh, just coming to Port Alberni to go get supplies, I was looking out going, geez, it, it gets really windy here, even in Port Alberni, in the town of Port Alberni. Then I ended up buying a house in Port Alberni, and we would do our work and then go down and, uh, and kiteboard in the afternoons when the wind would come in. After that, ended up selling the house, lived on the bus for a bit, went down to Baja, came back and ended up being at China Creek where a friend of ours uh, had run uh, the previous kite school, uh, Girl on a Board. And we were just there possibly maybe helping her out. We'll just see. Um, the thing that brought that I that I personally really enjoyed about China Creek was, you know, you could be right on the water. If you, when you get out of the water, you can go take a shower. Uh, you can go and drive into town if you need to to go get groceries. So, anyways, Nicole ended up not doing her school. And I had known the Port Authority who run China Creek Marina. They ended up asking me if I wanted to start a school, which I was like, hey, you know, why not? Right. And so, Paul and I 
we started the school and, and it's been six years and we've definitely had our trials through, you know, figuring it all out because we really just were, you know, it was a shoot from the hip of sorts as to like, hey, let's do a school because we both really love uh, the wind community, the wind sports, kiteboarding, all of it. So just to bring those two worlds together, how the kite school started, a <laughs> long wind answer. <laughs> that, um, you've built a very, so for anybody who hasn't been been there, Paul and Alicia have done an amazing job of building a beautiful community there. Like they have different events that are going on at their, at their clubhouse. Um, they got a lot of gear there as well that you can look at purchase. Um, also, you were doing shirts and, and some stuff as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Before, okay. like when, when I was living in Port Alberni, um, we had a company Thrive Design and Apparel. So we were doing apparel for like Windfest and for like Ocean Rodeo and for some of the companies. Um, I was doing the design and Paul was doing the actual screen printing. And um, ended up selling all of that. And now like we, I still do the design work. Um, we outsource the printing now because we just don't do that. But yeah, like definitely we have um, apparel that, uh, yeah, that we've got there. And you're right about having just kind of a fun community vibe. Like I really pride on bringing people together at the end, you know, after we're all done spending the day playing on the water, it's like, let's go hang out at Windrider and play some beer pong or, you know, I have random weird events that I just like to organize <laughs> and bring people together. Cause that's what it's about. You know, it's, I, I feel like for me, it's about not just obviously being out in the water and enjoying, you know, the environment, enjoying uh, the wind and just the space, but it's also the community that you've built because or the, that you get to enjoy and, and, and meet. Cause like some of the best friends I've met in my adult life have been through the, the wind community and I just cherish it. And it's just, yeah, it's just, it's what it's the icing on the cake. So. Well, yeah. if you do end up camping at China Creek, you can expect a knock on your trailer or tent coming in the afternoon to let you know what event is going on that night which is pretty fun actually that's pretty cool it doesn't yeah. happen in very many wind locations so that that is awesome um I'm, I'm curious actually i'm personally curious how did kiting find you um well for me like i used to go down to well i still do go to baja quite often but um my oh, where geez. in baja do you go out of curiosity um, Los Burilis, so it's kind of it's south of La Ventana. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've been going there since I was thirteen, right? And so, it, funny enough, I was brought to that community oh, wow. not because of the wind sports, because I know that Los Burilis was really big for windsurfing back in the day, but it was more my uncle who was a surfer from California and buying some land down there, and then my folks just slowly started investing in there, and we would just go down, and I can remember really clearly when I saw, um, uh, it was, it was right when kiting first started and there was a guy, he was just boosting so big in the air. And I was like, Oh my goodness, what is this? Like, I have to do this. Cause I've got a background in freestyle skiing. So like, you know, I've done the aerials where you do crazy flips and like jump really high. And I've always just gravitated towards that. And I was like, yes, this is what I'm learning. And I did. Even though it took me a couple of years, awesome. you know how life goes, you know, you, 
I, the time I was going to school and then you get married, you have a kid and then, but you know, eventually I did end up focusing on kiting. And then once I did, it was just, it was a, it was a total addiction. Like it was like, that's all I want to do. I just want to kite. I ended up quitting my job, my high-end sales gallery art job. And then just ended up living at Knitnat for the summers and then taking off to Baja in the winter and just being kind of a bit of a kite bomb. So <laughs> nothing yeah. wrong with that no right it's all about balance <laughs> but maybe that's a good segue to talk about your art because because yeah. when did you start in into that world and and how did those worlds kind of meet together um well I would say the art world started right when I like left the womb of my mom no just joking <laughs> I've always just been an artist like going through school it was just I just knew that that's what I wanted to do with my life and that's you know, I ended up going to Alberta College of Art and Design, got my BFA in, in fine arts. And I did find, however, when I did graduate with my fine arts degree was, uh, I think I had a little bit of an illusion with my art career that it was just going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm all of a sudden famous artist making all this money. And slowly it dawned on me that I got my bachelor of fuck all. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I think that's a I lot of different to, bachelors. Yeah, yeah, well, basically, <laughs> yeah. I had to end up becoming a bit of an entrepreneur if yeah. I wanted to cre- keep doing my artwork. Um, so ultimately, I had to diversify what my business was, um, and so then I ended up doing a lot more design work. I found getting um, some good clients. Uh, doing more crowd, like I was a design crowd or freelancer and actually finding my work online. And that was really enjoyable. I did that for quite a bit of years. It was definitely cutthroat because it was, uh, you know, you had to compete for the jobs, Mm -hmm. but ultimately it made me a better designer. And then with learning how to kiteboard and then just really getting um, intense on that community started, you know, doing some work with Ocean Rodeo, doing some work with the other kite schools too at Nitna, like Elevation and Strong, and even the Bateman Foundation, all these different uh, job opportunities end up coming up with doing the design work. And yeah, but now I'm kind of a little bit more back. This episode is brought to you by Saladita Kite School in La Ventana, Mexico. If you caught some of our uh, stories yesterday on Instagram, you'll have seen that. I just got in a couple epic days of downwinding. We got a 10-kilometer downwinder done with my buddy Mickey from Salt Spring Island. Today, I got in an epic one with my friend Britt. Um, we went from Latuna all the way to the beach and back. Um, heck of a fun time. If you're looking to learn, there's nothing better than getting a lesson from the pros at Saladita Kite School. They are positioned at Latuna, and now that I've been here a little while, I've gotten the opportunity to visit to a couple different spots. It is one of the more beginner-friendly beaches with some nice sand so you're not walking on any rocks. Um, They do offer professional jet ski-assisted kite and wing foil lessons. Um, So once again, they're at Latuna, so if you want to grab a beer after, grab some ice cream, grab anything, it is a nice little hub there, so you're not just stuck kind of in the middle of nowhere. So they have you covered if you want to learn how to kite, foil, or looking into downwinding. They got top quality gear as well. Uh, So don't hesitate. Book your lessons today by visiting saladitalaventana.com or send them a message on Instagram at saladitakiteschool, at saladitakiteschool. Back to doing the fine arts. Um, So kind of end up going full circle, really, because I think I've got a bit of artist ADD 
but that's where this lifestyle kind of suits me well because I work in the summertime with the kite school and then in the wintertime I can focus a little bit more on the creativity like more of my, more of the passions really too that I want to do as a creative person that we have to focus on or else awesome. get a little stir so that's kind of that I'm happy that you're able to fit that in that's awesome yeah well it's you know it's part of my life it's part of my soul and and I have to keep doing it or else I don't I don't know <laughs> but I, I think passions being passionate and living a passionate life is really important and so I think when you find that spark that you're like you know in like with the wind community that spark of being out in the water and the you know you're out there in the elements you're not having to use any gas or anything and you're you're just being part of your environment I think really sparks that passion and I like to for myself in my life mix those so having the kite school is awesome and then also having the freelancer life of doing the artist like the artist way when um on the off season I think just really it's it's more of it's not just it's like a um it's a philosophy on living life you know mm -hmm. yeah so you can relate to that, cool. eh? oh yeah absolutely and I think you can as well Luke you're yeah. you're leading a pretty uh atypical lifestyle as well and I think it's it's great. I think a lot more people are doing it, especially post COVID with all the online work and whatnot. People are realizing that maybe a nine to five desk job isn't necessarily what they want to do with their lives. So I think it's great. And it's, it sounds like you got yourself a really cool uh, setup going there. So what do you think of winging in all of this? How does that fit into all of this? Um, as far as winging, I mean, I want to do more of it. I just, as far as uh, having the chance to do it with the kite school has been a bit of a bit of the challenge. Um, I see a huge potential for winging on part because of not having the lines like the kite lines. And then also being able to wing really in so many different places, I, I think is a real asset. I personally would love to actually get on a, a wing with skis to begin with and play with that. So right now um, I've been going to Long Beach and actually bringing out the um, our, our board that we have for um, what do you call the like the dirt board or whatever, like the land board and playing with the wing that way. Um, yeah, no, I see a huge potential. I see a huge amount of growth because I think sometimes when people, they, they look at, uh, kiteboarding and, and as much as like, there are definitely similarities, but there's definitely differences. Um, kiteboarding can be a little bit more of an intimidating factor. I think, I think winging people to, from the get-go are kind of like, oh, okay. I think I can wrap my head around this. And yeah, not to mention, it is a lot safer, I would say, um, during the learning process from what I've seen. I mean, obviously you, there's still uh, certain safety concerns with learning how to wing. However, um, I'm a little bit more confident with, um, you know, with the kite school, especially if someone, um, you know, they want an upwind drop-off with a wing, which is what we, we do quite often in the summertime. So we bring them upwind and then drop them off and then they can wing down and they can learn how to do it that way. I feel a lot more confident kind of if I don't know the person just dropping them off because I know that they're going to end up coming down to the beach and they will be fine. But when it comes to dropping someone off with a kite and I really have to rig them, like drill them as to like, how's your launching landing? How's your board retrieval? How's this? How's that? How's that? So um, yeah, I don't know if that really answers your question per se, but yeah, I think it's uh, it's really cool. And I think as far as 
the winging with even wave riding. That's also something that I'm definitely interested in getting into with uh, riding good swell and good waves with the wing um, and the foil. Yeah. So totally. Yeah. I think as you're saying, it's a very, it's a lot more accessible than kiteboarding in, in a number of ways. And once mm-hmm. people get kind of around, you know, their minds around the whole knives under your board, they're not going to try to kill you. It's just, you know, a big foil that's usually got fairly round edges and it's not that dangerous and everything's happening so slowly compared to uh, kite surfing or windsurfing. So it's, it's really very friendly and it takes a lot less physical strength than either one of the sports, which is also great um, for smaller riders or people that have a medical condition or just people that are not as strong. So Yeah. um, yeah, definitely really cool. And it sounds like you have a great spot for it as well if you're getting 20 to 25 knots um almost every day that and then probably relatively flat water that sounds like an amazing place to learn and progress i think so i mean it definitely is um yeah as far as even teaching kiteboarding it's basically like china creek it's like a it's a bay of sorts somewhat depends on the tide but ultimately with doing upwind drop-offs with people that are learning it's a great space to learn because for one it's not overly crowded and two um, when you're coming in you're basically coming in right to the beach so that's nice for someone learning so that they know that like okay they're coming into the beach if they end up coming there's a bit of a spit where they can end up going down and over and then we have to rescue them but it's pretty obvious like I definitely let them know as to what to watch out for and so as far as someone learning to kite or to wing or even to windsurf it's just a really nice spot to have that time and to also to know that you're in a safe space where you are watching which at the kite school I do um, if I'm not on the beach with binoculars someone else is and we're really watching out for everybody just to make sure that everybody is in a safe space because that's something that we pride on in the area that we're in is just to make sure that everybody feels like you know what if your kite's doing crazy things or your wing or is like (laughs) I've even actually there's been a client where he his leash got off of his wing and I could see his wing cruising down the inlet (laughs) and went out with the jet ski and just grabbed his wing and made sure he was okay and and, and you know things like that happen but that's what we as a, as, a, as a school we watch out for um in the area so yeah it is a really good place to learn definitely and with the kite school you know when you show up at china creek by all means come by and just walk in and just say hi and we can give you the lay of the land and as far as upwind drop-offs they're 50 dollars. we drop you off way upwind gives you plenty of time to just get um used to the spot used to your equipment um and and time on the water awesome yeah. that sounds great yeah i i have some um, not so fun memories of wings flying off and swimming after them and without jet ski help it's definitely quite challenging so that's uh <laughs> you can imagine that's a great thing to have <laughs> yeah so are you guys renting out wing gear at all or you're not into that yet no we are yeah yeah we rented out uh wing, wing gear uh last season and um yeah no it, it went really good amazing and what what companies are you working with just out of curiosity um, right now we're working with Ocean Rodeo with our wing. And then as far as our foil, we've been working with Stinger foils. Uh, so like as far as us being on the island, um, it's been really important for myself to do like to go as local as we can. So obviously Ocean Rodeo, you know, it's an island-based company and they've been great to deal with. Uh, and then as far as they have the great foil, products too. 
Yeah, they do. Yeah. And then as far as our foil, um, Stinger foils, um, he's located in Whistler and Stinger Steve, he's been great to deal with as well. Um, and yeah, so that's what we've got for now. Um, as far as wing, awesome. wing gear. Yeah. That's really cool. So it sounds like a really good setup for somebody who wants to get a lot of time on the water and doesn't necessarily have gear yet when you're offering <laughs> lessons as well. Um, we were a couple years ago, we still like, I want to get back into doing that a little bit more. Uh, so Luke, we can talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, obviously we, you know, I, it really helps people out. I think to begin with, to even just the ground lesson to, for them to learn how, um, how to use their equipment and how to obviously, you know, that how the wing works and the wind too, as well. And to really harness that power. Um, I think, yeah, I, I definitely see value in that in teaching. Um, but also, I yeah, again, yeah, yeah. Again, just time on the water, like anything you get to certain, certain place where you're like, okay, just need to get out there. Right. And, and play around. So. Totally. Yeah. I've had a lot of good, um, good feedback on land, land lessons as well. I think mm -hmm. even if it's just half an hour or an hour, just to, you know, have the wing in your hands, kind of walk around with it on the beach, get a feel for it in, in both directions. Because often I find that somebody will, you know, grab the wing and it'll feel pretty natural for them on one side and they'll play around with it. Like, cool, this is super easy. And then you tell them to flip around and they're just totally confused. And this is even coming out of, you know, windsurfing or kite surfing. There's just something about the movement of the wing being so direct that people don't always get it right away so having that little bit of time on the beach is really helpful and then having somebody help you set up your gear if you're you know just getting into it and you're not sure where to put your foil or what you know what piece to attach where and all that kind of stuff it's it can get a little bit complicated at times so having a knowledgeable person there um, even on the land lesson context i think is has a lot of value for sure I guess we can maybe talk a little bit of accommodations. Like we haven't mentioned too much about it, but you guys also rent cabanas, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so basically, uh, like we're located on China Creek Marina. So it is a campground. Um, there are just basic campsites that, you know, you don't have any power or water or anything like that. Um, but there's also full hookups too. So if you have a big RV, you can have full hookups. There is a uh, cell reception, so you can use your Wi-Fi there. There's not an actual, sorry, there's not actual Wi-Fi, but you can use your data. So you can still have access to your phones and, and all that. Um, there's hot showers there. There's running toilets. It's 10 minutes away from Port Alberni. So if you need to get any groceries or anything like that, easy ride. Or if you want to just go to a pub, it's just a, a drive away. Um, as far as us doing the accommodations, we do Coho Cabanas, so you can find that online, like Coho, like the salmon, Coho Cabanas, um, so they're just basically like, they're really cute little cabins that we built just right by the water, uh, all that's in there is a, a queen size bed, um, really tastefully done, um, huge windows so you get the view of the inlet, and then a little bar fridge, and outside there's a patio, with um a barbecue and a little outdoor kitchen and those run roughly 125 150 a night so they're reasonably priced 
Uh, you do end up having to use the same showers and toilets as the campground. However, China Creek Marina has done and the staff has done a really great job at keeping things nice and clean and um, nice hot showers. But yeah, no, it's a great little spot. And we've been running that for now three years. Um, and as far as like the repeat clients, like I barely have to even market because I just get people, they come in and they book for the next season and the season after that, because it is like really nice and relaxing being so close to the water and uh, the cabins there. Very yeah. cool. And how many in the cabins you can be, how many people? Is there one bed or? Um, there's just one bed. So it's just one bed, cool. one queen size bed. However, I have had families that have rent the cabanas and they basically like the parents, they get the nice bed and the kids, they just pitch a tent outside. <laughs> so the kids cool. get the camping experience and the adults get the glamping experience. Sweet. So it's, and then how do you make your way out there? So you're coming by plane or? would you have to take a ferry and then and then drive yeah. or how does that work um so basically to get there um if you're driving you would go through vancouver obviously and uh take the ferry across to uh nanaimo and then from nanaimo it's an hour drive north kind of northwest of uh of nanaimo and so that's how you would get there with uh, car and then I suppose with plane same thing you would fly into Nanaimo and then uh, you'd probably have to rent some kind of vehicle to get out to China Creek um, as far as shuttles I don't know I don't think that there is one to China Creek yet um, but yeah that's how you'd get there oh. it's 10 minutes down a logging road and then the logging road is fairly well maintained compared yeah. to other ones which is super nice and no uh, and they're actually they're they're uh they're paving like they're doing a partial pave on it right now oh, okay. um yeah so i guess they're putting some chips on it or something like that but you're right like it is very well um maintained on part because there's so much so many logging kind of like there's industry really close by of sorts um there and so as you know going to Nitnat lake it's uh again a beautiful spot to kite for sure but like the logging road is kind of horrible on the vehicle uh luckily at china creek really like the 10 minutes on the logging road is not that bad at all and i like for a while we lived at china creek year round and even in the winter time i would drive it to drive my daughter to school twice a day and no problems yeah I think for the entire time Alicia has known me, my vehicle has a probably been <laughs> in the shop when when I worked with them as well. It's like, oh, this broke and that broke just from all the logging roads here on the island. That was a big, a big eye opener for me. Yeah, and yeah. how robust some cars are and how not robust some cars but you're, are. But Luke, your yeah. car broke busted when you were like traveling across Saskatchewan or something, right? <laughs> Okay, don't buy a Subaru. Anybody who's listening, just don't buy a Forester. Get an old van and you'll be fine. But but yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm putting I'm putting a vote in for an old van. I, I got one and ended up driving a Baja twice with it and I did not treat it well. And that nice. thing was a champion. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yep. I'm impressed. I've got a Highlander, like an old Toyota Highlander, and it's been amazing. It really has been really good. So yeah. Shout out to Toyota. Nice. <laughs> we'll get a toyota sponsor eh? let's do it yeah, i know right <laughs> if they saw my highlander they'd be like super impressed be like wow it keeps going <laughs> brought to you by the 1995 toyota highlander on vancouver Island. yeah 
<laughs> nice. Well, we should maybe open up the floor. We got Yost, we got Greg, we got Ron here as well with us. Do you guys have any questions for Alicia? Um, anything you'd like to ask? That sounds like a really interesting spot. Maybe I'll get there uh, sometime. Hey, thanks for joining us, Ron. You're in Miami right now? Uh, no, move from there. No, I'm in uh, LA, uh, Manhattan Beach. Okay. And uh, yeah, I was uh, foiled uh, Lake uh, Piru yesterday and uh, might go out to Paris uh, Reservoir tomorrow. Nice. Ron's a pilot and a windsurfing buddy from uh, from near Sandbanks, like Lake Provincial Park there in uh, in Ontario. And so he does get the opportunity every once in a while to travel some pretty cool destinations, get out in the water. So thanks for joining us, Ron. A little more yeah, than every once the... in a while lately. I keep seeing pictures of you all over the world in windy spots and having a great time. Yeah, yeah it's pretty cool. Sure. Yeah, it, that's one thing that's uh, really appealing about the foiling um, is, uh, you know, it can, I, I pack everything. I've got an inflatable board. Um, so with that, I can pack everything in the, you know, kind of large size hockey bag. It's a wheelie bag and uh, it's everything I need to go. And it's, uh, it's perfect from a travel perspective. And you put that right in the cockpit right beside you on. <laughs> yeah, no, luckily, uh, luckily this plane's got a big uh, cargo hold. So. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> cool. Even if you're not a pilot, I've, uh, I'm sure lots of people have traveled with wing gear at this point, but I, I just traveled with it this summer. Um, and if you have an inflatable board, it really is quite easy. It's the size of a big suitcase or a little more. And I think a lot of companies take them um, just as a luggage, just as a big oversized or not even oversized luggage. And if not, you just call it kite surfing gear. And most companies, that's free or not expensive. And then you're good to go. Hmm. Easier than windsurfing then. Much easier. Yeah, much easier. Oh yeah, the days hey, of traveling Greg. around with two hundred kilos of uh, of windsurfing gear are definitely they go in the are definitely dwindling. Oh, Greg, do you have a question? Yeah. When will Windrider have e-foils? Oh, oh does Windrider have e-foils? When will? <laughs> oh, when will? When? When? Yeah. <laughs> I can see the potential for sure with the e-foils, uh, especially, yeah, again, before the wind comes in, but um, at the kite school, I don't know if we'll have them in any time soon, to be honest with you, Greg, my apologies with that. It's just right now what we've been doing for people when they want to learn how to use the, uh, the foil board, we've been towing them behind the jet skis, which has been uh, working pretty good for sure. Um, but again, yeah, the e-foil would be nice. Yeah, I think in my opinion, it's actually a better way of learning. Um, I've, I've gotten to e-foil just a tiny bit, not much, yeah. but, but I have been pulled behind dinghies and jet skis and all kinds of stuff. And I think that that's really a better way of learning um, because you can control as, as the teacher, you can control the speed. You just put the, you know, whatever craft at the right speed. And then the person behind you just has to concentrate on, you know, not destabilizing the board. So it really does work well as a teaching tool. And it's also fun, as you say, before the wind comes in to play around with. Yeah. I think the big advantage on that e-foil, hi guys, it's Yoast here. That the big yes. advantage on that e-foil is that you don't have anything to hold on to. Like I've, I've foiled behind the boat and the rope gives you a lot of stability as something to lean against, which 
you start to cheat with a little bit and that e-foil really teaches you uh, about the weight and balance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. We'll have to line up lessons for two years to fund the e-foil. There you go. You got to have a waiting list yeah. and you got to get cash up front. Is, is there a contest for a free e-foil? I could write a, an essay or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they're, they're, you know, they are getting more affordable or less outrageously priced is maybe a better description but um yeah they're definitely pricey and they're very popular as well so i think it's going to be hard to um come by any sort of free ones for a while i, knew, I was just a joke <laughs> yeah yeah no i know <laughs> so if anybody wants to reach out to you uh what's the easiest way for them to do that um the easiest way to reach out to me would be to send me an email uh the email address is windriderkiteboarding at gmail uh, just to reiterate, those of you who just, um, you know, this next summer who come to China Creek to check it out, I just want to, again, just reiterate, like, come in, uh, walk into the school and come in and just chat with us and just find out the lay of the land and find out, um, you know, what events we have going on in the afternoon and and, and make sure to be part of the community of sorts. Uh, and that's the best way, I think, to do that is to, you know, go into the school and just, hey, I'm new here. And, and you know, don't be a stranger because um, that's what it's about. It's about the community um with the with that area and that's something that i'm really passionate about sorry yeah we've had music nights um movie nights yep a bunch of different things and it pulls in all walks of life which is super cool so you have some kids there and even some grandparents there and everything and everybody gets along really well and and we also had what was it last year the year before we had a pretty much a pro photographer on site that would be taking yeah. pictures all the time and then uh, would pop it up on the big screen at night and everybody could see themselves that uh, throughout their whole day. And it's also a great teaching tool to see your progression and to see your body positioning and, and to see all that, which has been super fun. So we have the telescope kind of lens on there and it's been phenomenal. Some of the pictures that, uh, that, that he's taken. So that's always, that's also another perk of, uh, of China Creek that I just thought of. Mm -hmm. yeah very cool and can you um remind us when when's the season so like if you're coming out and you want to make sure that you're going to score what what time of year do we really want to uh, head out there well we're um as far as the kite school we're open in may uh may till okay. september um nice. may can may and june can be hit or miss it depends like again two years ago we had an amazing may and june like it was Oh, it was awesome. Uh, but this year, again, it was a little bit cloudy. I would say, let's say that you're coming in from the other side of the country and it's a big trip for you. Uh, you can't go wrong with July. July is the is the month that um, is very, very consistent. However, with that consistency and with the time of year, it can be a little bit busier. So just keep that in right. mind as well. So the but, majority of people coming out there, it's, it's for the wind sports, eh? Oh, no, no, not for China Creek. China Creek is, uh, you know, you get people that come out for the fishing. Uh, you get families okay. just coming out for the camping. As far as the wind part, uh, like the people who come out just for the wind, we're just a, we're just a small portion, really, of the people who are out there, which I think adds to it because there's so many people that they're just walking the beach and they're like, wow, this is so amazing. And it's something new to them. Uh, unlike some of the other places around the world where you get there and it's just nothing but kite people, wind people, um, 
and that's that so yeah there's a lot of fishermen where we're at because you gotta there is that one trail that goes all the way out to the ocean where there was little towns and stuff i just saw that last year where you could have like a multi-day hike all along that little trail that goes along the inlet yeah the inlet trail yep hmm. Yeah, yeah, you can, I think you can go all the way to Banfield, actually, which is like right, right on the coast there. No, there's lots to do. And that's the thing that's nice, too, as well as like there are some families where there's one person who's a wind junkie and the rest of the family's like, we don't get it. <laughs> but that's the nice thing with China Creek is, uh, you know, it's really good for everybody in the family. Like um, there's a lot of really good hiking trails. There's uh, beautiful China Creek Falls where you can go and swim in the summertime and there's waterfalls. Uh, you know, there's a little bike trip, like a little bike park for the kids to play on. There's parks there. Uh, it's close to town. If you, you know, you don't want to cook, you can go into town and just eat one of the restaurants, check out Port Alberni. So it's really got that um, nice location where I think uh, it, it doesn't just focus on the wind junkie. It focuses on the wind junkie that has their family that might not also be wind junkies. <laughs> So. that's awesome that's not always easy to find i know a lot of spots that are you know have a really good consistent thermal like that are often kind of in a desert and nothing going on there so it's really cool that there's more uh, there's more to it and then it could be a whole family destination as well we want to say i guess thanks for joining us alicia thanks for talking to us and thanks for everybody else for joining thanks reg yost ron and sir tom thanks for joining us again yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, and I look forward to seeing all of you guys out at China Creek this summer. Yay. Sounds good. Thanks yeah. for showing us this awesome spot. Thanks a lot. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And we'll see you next time. Sounds good. Bye, have a good evening. Bye. Thanks for joining Tom and I on this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next time.